Today's episode of Downsizing is brought to you by me. This is all my fault. Hello and welcome to Downsizing, the show that hates birds but loves chicken. I'm your host, a horizontal giant, Tim Down. Now, right off the bat, this episode might be a little fucked, might be a little bit brief, and that is because I think uh, I might be getting a little sick, a little uh, little under the weather, as they say, although how can you, the only people over the weather are on the, the ISS. <laughs> oh God, that was that was something, wasn't it? Um, yeah, um, now this could just be paranoia on my part because earlier today I was, uh, coughing in, uh, in a meeting and after that, you know, I was just like, you know, do, does my stomach hurt? Am I starting to get drowsy? Do I have a headache? You know, it's like, you know, what I hear, what I hear, the beginning stages of taking drugs are like sometimes where you're like, am I feeling it? Am I is it working? Do I feel it? Do I need to take more? I'm not sure. Am I high? And then all of a sudden just and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, they they work. They, they weren't, uh, those were not Tic Tacs. Again, what I've heard. Um, so that could be what I'm going through right now. My girlfriend is sick and, uh, you know, have not been social distancing because, you know, be miserable and, you know, I like to roll the dice. Um, she has coughed, you know, on me pretty much. So, uh, you know, if I'm going to get it, this is how I'm going to get it. But we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm usually, I, I don't usually get that sick. Usually I just get a kind of annoying like mid-level sick where like I have a sore throat or, you know, I'm a bit, whatever, a bit nauseous, but nothing major. It's like once every four years or so. I get knocked on my ass. The last time was in January of 2018. I got like the flu on the first weekend I had off in like six months and was just shaking. Um, could not get warm. And yeah, 2018, it's now 2022. So I guess, I guess that would be right on schedule. So we'll see. Um, so partially because of the fact that my girlfriend's been sick, I haven't gone to the gym, which is, you know, a, a generous way of interpreting that. And not just that I, uh, didn't feel like going, uh, I did go once. It was the first time I went to the gym by myself since they closed in December. Um, and it wasn't good. Uh, it didn't go well, which I don't think you know, is a surprise to anybody, at least of all me, I knew it was going to be bad. Uh, I knew it was not going to be as good as before. Cause before, you know, for the first time in my life, I was going to the gym, like, you know, three or four times a week is actually, you know, building strength, you know, doing good stuff. And then, you know, what is it? Three months, four months later, coming back ain't what it used to be, but you know, one thing at a time, I guess. Uh, I basically just went and like walked on the treadmill for 20 minutes and then just did kind of whatever machines were available. Um, I didn't want to jump right back into like, you know, doing a full on chest day or anything because, well, we all know what happened with um, with uh, the leg day that I did. Uh, and if you don't, and this is your first episode somehow, uh, welcome aboard. Welcome to the show. 
I can't I can't say this is par for the course because I feel like every episode's a little bit different, but also kind of the the same shit every week. <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. Um so yeah, I I don't have much to say on the health front because it's mainly been, you know, like I said, taking care of my girlfriend. Um, you know, not to flex, not to act like I'm a fucking super good guy, but you know, I am, uh, you know, pretty good bedside manner, pretty chipper. Uh, I bought some fisherman's friends, which apparently you can overdose on according to the package, which is really fucking weird. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I haven't really been thinking about the health stuff that much more, you know, trying to. You know, like I bought groceries and I bought, you know, a lot of fruit and veg. Why did I say it like I'm British? Fruit and veg? It's because, I think it's because my girlfriend's been watching Luther. So I've just been talking in a British accent for, you know, uh, a couple weeks. And by talking in a British accent, I just mean going, Lufa, all right, what you done? How are you? <laughs> Got some fruit and veg. Oi, I'm Jamie Oliver. How are you? <laughs> well, that's fucking weird. You know? Uh, gotta stop saying you know. We know that. We're working on it. Um, now, one thing I did, <laughs> I did want to talk about, because on Saturday, uh, we ordered... We ordered out. We got some takeout. Uh, we got pizza. Well, we ordered Italian food. And, uh, you know, it's just, I've been thinking about this a lot over the past couple months. Thanks to, you know, that David Chang show that I've brought up a lot. Um, but this might be a spicy take, but I think the prices for Asian food and the prices for Italian food should be switched yeah because here's the thing right i can make pasta i can make a pretty good pizza actually and like i lit one of my elements on fire today you know what i'm trying to say like you want to make a pasta, throw some fucking noodles in, a, in the water, you, you get some sauce going, you throw some fucking tomatoes in, throw in some, just eyeball it, and then boom, you've got a, a passable spaghetti or whatever you're making. Um, pizza, you know, the same thing. It's not that hard. Again, I can make it. But I, I mentioned it before. I got this Korean cookbook for um, for my birthday. And, like, half the recipes have, like, like 30 ingredients. Like, I don't know. Like, half of it is just, like, um, let me see if I can find a good example. I did go through and, and mark all of the, the recipes I wanted to try. Um, let me see if I can good. Yeah, dude. Listen to this. This is a recipe for something called omelet rice. Okay. These are the ingredients for the fried rice. 
two tablespoons vegetable oil or any high smoke point oil, two cups day-old cooked rice, quarter cup diced carrots, quarter cup diced red onion, quarter cup diced button mushrooms, gross, quarter cup chopped shallots, quarter cup diced red bell pepper, quarter cup frozen green peas, two cloves garlic minced, two two teaspoons salt, one teaspoon freshly ground black pepper, one teaspoon Oma's Korean barbecue sauce, page 45. Let's just jump to that real quick. I did not jump to page 45. Oh, where is it? Page 43, nice, almost there. Yeah, almost barbecue sauce, just as a tangent. Uh, half a red onion cut into chunks, three scallions trimmed, eight to nine cloves of garlic peeled, one cup soy sauce, quarter cup brown rice syrup, or your preferred sweetener, two tablespoons rice vinegar, two tablespoons mirin, or myrin, if you're nasty, half a cup rough chopped Korean pear or apple, half cup rough chopped red bell pepper, one knob fresh ginger, one teaspoon sesame oil, one teaspoon freshly ground black pepper, quarter cup mushroom dashi, page 39, I'm not going to page 39, or water, two tablespoons potato starch, back to the other recipe, uh, for the omelet, that was just for the rice, for the omelet, one cup egg replacer, this is vegan, so one cup egg replacer, preferably just egg, oh, the brand is just, I think. Because that's fucking, because otherwise it's like, you can use an egg replacer, but we'd prefer you just use egg. Because let's be honest, egg replacers fucking suck. This is, you know, we're, this is a vegan cookbook. We're not insane. Um, one teaspoon salt, half a teaspoon freshly ground black pepper, one slice vegan cheese cut into half inch squares, two tablespoons diced red bell pepper, two tablespoons chopped scallion, one tablespoon extra virgin olive oil. Like... You know, there's like a fucking million ingredients. And it takes so long to make. Like, did you know? Like, okay, so if you want to make your own pasta, if you want to make your own pasta, uh, you can do that, like, pretty easily. You know, all you really need is, like, obviously the ingredients and then, like, the the pasta queen thing, the roller thing. And even then, I think you could probably get away with not having that. But, like... If you want to make ramen noodles, it's like almost, it's insane what it takes. Like I was going to make my own ramen for a while and they're like, oh yeah, so you just got to go ahead and boil the, the broth for 12 hours. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you want me to boil it for 12 hours? Like that's your day. That's your whole day. Just boiling ramen, which I guess also, you know, maybe that's another option for, you know, vegan uh, things you can cook all day long. Although, I think probably it's all like pork or beef broth. Um, But let me, let me try, because it's like you have to like, (laughs) you have to like cook baking soda in the oven. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh, Fuck, I should have looked this up before. Fresh ramen noodles. All right, ramen noodle recipe. Because I was like, oh, yeah, this would be like a sick lunch to make if I just make ramen for the week. Um, And it's like, yeah, you have to fucking, oh, my God. All of these are going to be like, get some store-bought fucking noodles because you'd have to be insane. Uh, Yeah, if you can make, yeah, fuck, dude. Oh, my God, what am I doing? I, oh, how to make ramen noodles from scratch. Boom, shakalaka. Let's see. 
What is ramen? We're past that. We're going past that. Yeah. Um, you need baking soda. Uh, yeah, you need to make alkaline salt, which uh, you can, I guess you can buy in like, um, you know, Asian grocery store. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, you know, just just cook two pounds of baking soda for 30 minutes and then boom, you know, all kinds of other shit. And it's just like, man, I, I, I you know, I'm a no, I'm no culinary expert, but it seems like if one thing you can make in, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes with a kid helping you and the other one got to boil shit for 12 hours, he got to bake baking soda, which I guess it's in the name, but I don't know anybody that bakes baking soda just to be able to make the right kind of noodles. I feel like they should maybe switch it up, you know? Because, like, even the cheapest Korean food I've gotten has been, like, out of control. It's been so good. But the cheapest Italian food I've gotten is, like, you know, you just make it at home and it'll be ten times better. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> just wait. This is going to be something, like, in, like, ten years I'll be moving to Italy for some reason and I'll be like a public figure, and then this is going to come out, and then I'm just going to get like chased down the streets of Rome with people on mopeds, just... And I'll just be like <laughs> saying whatever I'm sorry is in Italian. I guess I should probably learn that. Uh, I did speak a bit of Spanish today, as a, as a side note. Someone called in, and she... It was weird. She didn't have much of an accent, but she said her English wasn't very good. And I took a stab at it. And I'm like, would you prefer to speak in Spanish? And she's like, yes, yes. And I have a Spanish speaking coworker. And so I asked her um, if uh, she could take the phone, but she didn't answer in time. So I was like, because the problem was I was trying to get her phone number, but she kept giving me like our phone number. And so I was like, no, I want your phone number. And she's like, sorry, I don't speak English that good. And I'm like, Okay, so I'll just transfer you. But then it's like, okay, I don't know when my coworker's going to answer, so I need to get her number anyway. So I was just like, all right, I'll take a stab at it. I went to Google Translate. I typed in, um, could you please provide your phone number? And so I was just looking at it, and I'm like, okay, I did take Spanish for a year in high school. Let's... uh. Let's take a crack at this. So I just was like silent for a couple seconds. And then I was just like, um, um, podría proporcionar su número de teléfono? And she's like, oh. And then she gave it to me, but she gave it to me like way too fast. And then I, I could, I'm like, fuck, I didn't translate, say it slower. So I was just like, my brain was defaulting to French. So I was like, uh, uh lentement. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is, what is slowly in in Spanish, I know rapido. What's the uh, rapido? Isn't that the most? Oh God, Canadian accent does not lend itself well to other languages. Um, but yeah, that that was a complete tangent to the tangent I had about something that's completely tangential. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably. I think maybe it's the fact that like, you know, Italian food scales up real easily. Like you know, you can easily go to. You find somewhere where they'll charge like 30 bucks for a wood wood fire oven pizza or whatever. And maybe it's the fact that, you know, it's been seen as like the high standard aside from like French cooking. Because like French cooking is like, oh, is this pretentious or it's like 
it's all fish and like ugh, who likes fish but like you know pizza pasta garlic bread you know, who gives a fuck it's delicious so you know maybe it's time to have some upscale asian restaurants that charge like a shit ton of money and like Cause yeah, it's like, can you make sushi? I can't make sushi. I intend to try and make sushi, but as we've discussed in previous episodes, it seems really fucking hard. Like it, and it seems like when when you hear stories of like, oh yeah, he worked here for like four years just making rice, and then we started teaching him how to make the omelet part, and you're like, I mean, you haven't even gotten to fish yet, or like that. I haven't watched it, but that like documentary everyone watched from like 10 years ago of Jiro Dreams of Sushi where his son like dedicated his life to to learning how to make sushi to take over the business and he was still like ah he's he's not that good though so I don't know we'll see it's like dude that's unreal dedication to to just one thing which is you know I have the opposite of that I have zero dedication to many things so uh you know, in some ways we're the same. In uh, in most ways, though, uh, we're not. Um, yeah, I think I've I think I've you know said all I need to say as far as that goes. Uh, looking forward to the hate mail. Looking forward to being told I'm a big smelly idiot. You know, all engagement is good engagement. Um, I, I also, the other thing I was thinking about this week, and I don't know why I was thinking about this, maybe because of like all the sickness that's been going on, you know, not just in my life, but, you know, in the in the world for the past, you know, uh, fort year. How do you say two years? The, the biannual COVID extravaganza. But I just, you know, being a, being a Canadian, uh, all of my medical stuff, for the most part, is free. You know, there's, there's no charge. I can just, you know, I could break my arm right now, go to the hospital, and that's just free. That's just an easy way to get off of work, if I'm being honest. Um, so I got curious as to like, what is? Oh, this is this makes me sound like I'm like a billionaire talk trying to figure out what haircuts cost, but like. What do medical things cost? You know, like what does it cost to get a band aid in the hospital? Um, which, uh, incidentally, I didn't look up. I think it's like eighty bucks, probably. But I wanted to look up the most expensive medical procedures, and um, I, there were some surprises. Like, I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm not going to do like a top ten list. I'm just going to go through the two that jumped out at me, kind of the most. Um. And uh, one of the first one, it was like number five, I think. It was like the fifth most expensive one. Uh, and it was a, a tracheotomy or tracheostomy, rather. Which, but I think it seems like it's kind of the same thing as a tracheotomy. Uh, so any doctors can feel free to correct me on that. But basically, it's to, if it is the same as tracheotomy, because tracheotomy, as far as I was understood, is, you know, you got like a crushed windpipe, so they make an incision. I watch medical shows. An incision, uh, sort of low in your throat, and then they, they intubate you. Yeah, see? Somebody has seen a lot of episodes of House, and it's me. 
Um, but like, you know, every TV show, I feel at some point or another is like a scene where there's like a lifeguard who like, oh, someone's choking. And then they like take like, I don't know, a box cutter, cut someone's throat open and put a straw in it. And they're like, where'd you learn how to do that? And they're like, oh, I'm a lifeguard. And it's like, okay, if this is a procedure that a, a, a teenager can do with a, a dirty knife and a pen, what do they co- what does it cost in a hospital? Well, on average, before insurance, that's a nice uh, $102,399. Yeah. That's, I mean, at that point, and that's, that's the other thing, though. That's what I would like to know. If there's anybody that works in the billing section of a hospital in the United States that's listening to this somehow, I'd love to hear from you. Come on the show. You'll be my first guest. It'll be probably a little bit awkward since, you know, I'm not, uh, not really an interviewer. I have a hard time listening when people talk for a long time, but could be fun. Uh, but, like, do you get a discount if you, like, do part of it yourself? Like, if you, is it the same price if you go to the hospital with a crushed windpipe and they do the whole thing? Or if you, like, slice it, put, like, a, a, cra- <laughs> a silly straw in, which would be, you know, it's kind of fun. Um, do you get a discount? Probably not. I mean, they'll probably still try and charge you. Um, the most damning thing is, you know, you see all these Americans talking online where they're like, get an itemized, you know, the, they'll quote you like this amount, get an itemized bill. It's going to take off like 20 grand and then it does. And you're like, oh, so this is just, this is just like the mafia. This is like, ah, eh, you know, that'll run you about uh, 50 grand. Can I get a receipt for that? Okay. It's like 10. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Like, why is this allowed? This seems like something that would be so fucking illegal. Like, this seems like something that would be in, like, a, a dystopian future. This seems like something would be in, like, Minority Report, you know? Where it's like, oh, we can, you know, we can replace your eyes, but it's going to... I mean, even even a Minority Report, I feel like it wasn't that much to get his eyes... Now that I think about it, to get his both of his eyes fixed in someone's garage or his, his apartment... I wonder if I can Google that. How much did it cost in... Minority Report to have his eyes replaced. Mm. Was Kiss in... Oh, was Kiss in Minority Report scripted? What the fuck? I don't understand that at all. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's. I feel like it was like 10 grand, you know? It wasn't that much. Maybe 20 grand. It was very cheap considering. I guess that's, you know, a good thing to keep in mind. It's one thing to go to a hospital, but if you can find a guy who's maybe a little bit disgraced, not super disgraced, a little bit disgraced, maybe he can give you a, a tracheost- tracheostomy, tracheostomy, probably tracheostomy, for like, I don't know, 100 bucks. Um,. So yeah, that was the first one because it seems like pretty simple. Like, I mean, that's also, you know, a very dumb thing to say. Like, oh, it's pretty fucking straightforward. You're just cutting somebody's throat open, putting in a breathing tube, you know, keeping them alive. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just going to piss off like every single person. Like, if if there's like an Italian chef, Italian chef, who's also a surgeon that listens to this, I'm going to get... I'm going to get a letter bomb. Um, but the number one most expensive surgery, um, 
it's it costs $137,533 on average. And it's exploratory chest surgery. Which, to my understanding, is where they will open up your chest and they'll just, you know, see if they can find anything that's wrong. See if they can diagnose the issue you're having. So that's like like $130,000 for like an estimate. Like, can you imagine if you went to the, to like the dealer or to like a, a mechanic and you're like, oh, hey, um, yeah, can you, can you fix my tire? Uh, my tire is like, you know, I don't know. I ran over a nail. Can you repair it? And they go, yeah, sure. Do you want us to like check under the hood as well to see if there's any issues there? And you go, oh yeah, how much is that going to cost? Go, oh, you know, $130,000. And it's like, what if you don't find anything wrong? You go, oh, it's it's still that. So it's not like you get a guarantee where, like with those most likely scuzzy lawyers who are like, oh, you know, if you don't win your case, you don't have to pay. Go, yeah, I'm I'm sure that's the case. That's not even a, that's not a pun either. Um, yeah, so all that to say, um, thank you, Tommy Douglas really did us a solid on that one um you're a real one and uh yeah let's try and get some free dental you know let's get some free glasses and shit make it all free and you know what a what a dip in energy uh here's something that might bring things back up uh so while i was thinking about the costs of of everything um you know, I thought about the fact that it seems like it's actually a very common occurrence in hospitals, kind of everywhere, to um, to run into issues with. How do you put this delicately? Um, people shoving things up their ass and getting them stuck. <laughs> um, and so I was curious, kind of, I wanted to learn more about it. Uh, and I also was curious how much it costs. So, and I found this, uh, WebMD article, which, you know, definitely, uh, ooh, medically reviewed by Dr. Carol DeSarkissian. Okay. Um, but there's just some interesting, interesting thing. So the way that this article was written is like, it's hard to. It's one of those articles where it's hard to tell if the people writing it are very funny, or v- just so bland that like because they just spent like ten years in medical school just learning about like spending like six months learning about blood and they just don't have a personality, which is like not a bad thing to have in a doctor necessarily because you know that they know their stuff, but they're also going to be the ones who are like. Yes, you're going to die of cancer in six months, so you should probably tell your family. And they're like, oh. Okay, some people like to to sugarcoat things. Like, yeah, you're not gonna want to have sugar. That's just gonna make things worse. And you're like, okay, that's it's getting dark here. Um, but I just I got there's a section on uh, foreign body symptoms, and there's some very not funny things in this section. But the way they phrase this first section, they go, uh, the majority of people with an object in their rectum may have no signs or symptoms, which I would contest. Because it's like, because some of the things they list as as common things they find are bottles, candles, 
fruits and vegetables, which, uh, you know, vegetables I get getting stuck. Fruits, I'd be curious to know which ones are getting stuck. Like, is it like a tomato <laughs> or like an apple? <laughs> um, but I just think it's funny where it's like, oh, what, what are the patient's symptoms? It's like, well, um, he can't sit down because uh, it hurts. It causes him pain when he sits down. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Do we have any idea why? Oh, yeah, he has a bottle up his ass. <laughs> I guess that would be a symptom. <laughs> or I guess like, oh, there's no sim- he didn't have any symptoms of, ha- of having a gunshot wound aside from the bullet that was inside him. Um, now there were some other things like, oh yeah, you should seek emergency medical help if you have a foreign object and you have abdominal pain, bleeding, or fever. And they're also like, oh yeah, also otherwise, you know, (laughs) just go to a doctor either way. Um, they're going to have to ask a couple questions, um, what it is, uh, how long has it been there? What attempts have been made to remove it? They're also going to want to know if you have abdominal pain because it could, you know, be signs of, you know, internal bleeding, which is uh, uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> so here's some of the steps they give of the examination. Doctor will position you on your side and examine the anal region for evidence of tears, cuts, or bruising. Uh, two, a digital examination will then be performed. And when they say digital, they don't mean like <laughs> they don't mean like they're going to look at it through a VR headset. Because the next sentence is, the doctor will use a gloved finger for this. Good that, you know, it's gloved. Um, now, I realize I jumped into this pretty abruptly. So I guess trigger warning, um, you know, uh, objects in, in rectums. Uh, so they'll do like a... <laughs> they'll do uh, x-rays. Um, now, uh, here's another section header. Uh, rectal foreign object treatment, self-care at home. You know, I, in some ways, I think this might be self-care gone too far. But they say, as a general rule, most people who have a foreign object in their rectum that cannot be seen or felt inside the anus need to seek medical attention. Many people, probably through embarrassment or fear of ridicule, will attempt to remove the item themselves. This is often very difficult, and it can only be accomplished by a doctor. Yeah. Um, now, there was, I think, one other thing that made me laugh in this. Um, oh, I know what it was. Uh, so they're saying, um, <clears throat> they're saying basically like, oh yeah, it looks, you know, if you'll be fine for the most part, you know, for the most part, you're not going to be that it's mostly going to be your pride that hurts. And then I was, as I was scrolling down and they got to a section that said multimedia, I'm like, um, okay. I don't know if I had safe search on, so we'll see, we'll see what shows up here. Um, but it's a, it's a, x-ray of somebody with a, a vibrator in the rectum, which I imagine is pretty common. Um, and they, they say, you know, oh, the battery pack is clearly visible on x-ray and the outline of a vibrator in the rectum can be seen. Very uninteresting. You can see that in the picture. But here's the last sentence. They say, it was still vibrating when this person came to the emergency department. That's great. That's terrific. <laughs> They're like... <laughs> All right, can you just fill in some forms, you know, before the the doctor sees you? And they're like, um, I don't think I can hold a pen. I'm shaking kind of <laughs> kind of a lot. <laughs> if you give me like I don't know, 
these are Duracell batteries. So if you give me like three days, maybe I can fill them in. Or I don't know if you can, if I can dictate the information to you. Like, or I guess it should be. Oh, delirious, you know? Um, so yeah, as I said, this is, this is going to be a pretty fucking weird episode because, oh, before I move on, I wanted to know how much it costs. Now we're going to do a little bit of rounding here or a little bit of, uh, estimates, but so I looked at how much it costs. I found this article from the daily mail, which I can't remember if is a bullshit, uh, tabloid or not. Oh, there's a gross picture of Kourtney Kardashian kissing Travis Barker. Yikes. Okay. Uh, Anyway, so the article says Britons. It's funny. Somewhere it says horny Britons, but on the actual thing here in the article, it says Britons cost the NHS 350,000 pounds every year by shoving beer bottles, deodorant cans, and toothbrushes in their rectums, study reveals. So 350,000 pounds. And it says four hundred foreign objects are pulled from English from English anuses per year. NHS data shows. Feel like that was a really weird way of phrasing that. Um, uh, oh, by the way, also obviously uh, men are overrepresented in people that do this. I think it's like eighty-five percent of people that do this are men. Fifteen percent are women. Um, so, okay, so we have 350,000 pounds, 400, so we'll go by object. So 400 objects, I'm assuming there's probably some repeat customers, so we're not going to go by person, we're going to go by object. So you do a little bit of math, that works out to, per object, 847 pounds per object, which is 1,387.27 Canadian dollars. So it's like 1,300 bucks to... Um, to get something removed from uh, your rectum. Now, I would love to see an itemized bill of that. If anybody, <laughs> if anybody's a freak, I would love to see your bill. How much does each thing cost? What are the costs involved? You know, it's like that thing where, like, you know, you're when you go to build a house, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna build a house. What is it? It's the walls and a roof, and then they're like, well. The price of nails, you're going to need like whatever, 3,000 nails. You got to get some screws as well, drywall screws. You're going to need plaster. You're going to need some caulking. You're going to need paint. And, you know, it's all these costs that you don't think about. So, you know, gloves, <laughs> trauma. What are, what are the costs involved? Again, I would like to know. Maybe I'll look into this <laughs> subject more and completely shred my algorithm for all my search history. Um, now, the last thing I want to talk about is just a little little antidote, as people say. An anecdote, but we'll say antidote because we're fun here. We like to have fun here, obviously. Um, uh, now, I'm going to tell you a story about something that happened to me. Uh, I think it was on Saturday because I had a lot of laundry piling up. And as I mentioned, I got some change for my birthday. So I decided to do my laundry. And... Um, I got change from my girlfriend's mom and change from my mom. And my girlfriend's mom put it in like this little, put like a roll of loonies in like a little like bag. Like, I don't know. It looks like one of those ones that like has like an artisanal soap in it. You know, it's like, like a little pouch almost. And so I took it, I put it in my pocket and then doing my laundry. I do like one load of like my graphic t-shirts, which I air dry. 
so that the graphics stay intact and then put in another load came back down and as i was waiting for that load to finish i think i had like you know five minutes left i reached into my pocket the of my hoodie that i was wearing and i felt something in it like a little like object and i picked i took it out and i was looking at it and i was like this is either um popcorn like hard popcorn or this is or this is part of a tooth so i went back upstairs and i walked up to my girlfriend who was sitting in the armchair i don't know if i think she was reading and i took it out and i said hi is this a tooth and she looked at it and she goes no it's popcorn and i'm like are you sure? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. And she's like, oh, well, I don't know. Actually, it's a, it's a little bit hard. Like, it feels too hard to be popcorn. It's like, that's what I said. And she goes, and I'm like, well, what was in that bag before the change was in it? And she's like, I don't know. Let me text my mom. So she texts her mom. And a little bit later, her mom replies and says, oh, yeah. That did have your baby teeth in it. So I said, great. Here, here's your tooth. And then later on, <laughs> uh, I found another one. So I walked up to her again. I said, hi, here's another one of your teeth that your mom gave me. And, you know, I don't know. And, and I think there's probably some other cultures where if you give somebody a bag of baby teeth, that's a, that's a curse. That's a, that's a curse that you place on somebody. So, um, you know, if I start sprouting teeth out of every part of my body or my own teeth start falling out, which uh, creeps me out to no end, uh, you'll know what happened. You'll also keep in mind that she was looking up arsenic. So maybe maybe it's a little, oh, that's gross, a little combination of the two. Uh, so maybe I'll hit up, there's a, can't remember what it's called. It's like a wellness store. They sell like crystals and shit and they say good vibes only on their sign. So maybe I'll go there and get purified. See if they have any sussy little vibes they pick up. I do actually want to go get my fortune told and get like my tarot card reading just to see, you know? Like, yeah, obviously, you know, most likely they're making up, making it up. But, you know, it's still fun. It's like taking a, an IQ test online. You just, it's just a little, it's a fun way to kill an afternoon. Well, maybe not an afternoon. Um, uh, also, I do want to point out that in my notes for this episode, I have uh, the last two lines are rectal and teeth story. <sighs> any uh, any fans of Chuck Palahniuk will have a lot of a lot of thoughts about that. So let's just let's go ahead and end on one of the most <laughs> grim. <laughs> disturbing references that you can make um yeah i think there's nowhere to go from there so that's going to be it for this week's episode uh again sorry if it was a little fucking weird uh i think i think your boy's gonna come down with something over the next couple days either the rona or some kind of weird you know tooth curse (laughs) life, eh? 
Life is just fucking weird. Um, so yeah, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram at excessively underscore Caucasian, or you can go ahead and send me a little email at downsizingpod at gmail.com. Uh, tune in next week to see if my eyes turn into teeth. <laughs> Porte casuna con usted marreta, una cupulella che vi si era aizzata, passa scampagnando pattuleta, con mano a papata fa guarda. Tu fa l'americano, americano, americano, sienta a me chi toffa fa. Vuoi vivere alla moda, ma se bevi whisky e soda, poi siente disturbato. Tu a ballo rock and roll, tu gioca baseball, fai sorte per camella, chi te li dà la borsetta di mamma, tu fa l'americano, americano, americano. Ma se nati in Italia, sienta a me non c'è sta niente fa. Ok, Napolita, tu fa l'American, tu fa l'American, tu fa l'American, tu fa l'American.